What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Raina Troy Hotline. Alicia, Michael, what's going on? We know you have takes. We have takes. I'm actually surprised that your rant line, raid line, whatever, isn't completely full. Why can't we just win a game? Can I blame Michael Castillo for this? Can I blame Bob Connolly for this? Could I put on a zebra shirt and just go out there? Scratch, claw, up against the wall. Can't explain what I'm feeling right now, guys. I can't believe it. Let's open up that race Woohoo! Oh, I can't believe it. USC is seven and five again. Oh no! Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Rain of Trail Radio, episode five hundred and thirty-three, coming to you on Monday, February twelfth. It is Abraham Lincoln's birthday, and uh, we're here to celebrate. I guess, sort of. Uh, we're going to talk about USA football uh, and so much more. We're talking about the twenty twenty-four recruiting class. Uh, also talk about the coaching carousel, how things have gotten weird across town, uh, and put a sum up on all of that stuff, uh, and so much more. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at Rain of Troy, like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Rain of Troy, email address Rain of Troy, fanside.com, and our phone number, 818-643-7227, Second What's Bruin Show. I'm your host, Michael Castillo, joining along with my co-host here in the Rain of Troy studio in Los Angeles, Lisa Dertola. Hello, everybody. Hello. Uh, we are back. We are back and back online, uh, live over on the YouTube's. Big, big shout out to everybody uh, in the chat who, who's joining us. Uh, Cam says, "Let's go." Rama Murdy says, "Woohoo! You guys are back." Yeah, we we uh, didn't have an episode last week, and this is bad news because we're not going to have an episode next week. Next week is a holiday. Next week, next Monday. Um. For my money, the best holiday in the American calendar, President's Day. Is that just because it's the holiday that's around your birthday? You know, I I don't appreciate the claims of bias there. I mean, it, it might be. It's it's not my fault that there's a three day weekend that my birthday always has a three-day weekend. Like, I, I, it's not my fault. Like, I, I'm I mean, sorry that I'm superior. I mean, I'm just saying, like... It's, you know, Pisces gang stand up, you know? <laughs> um. Anyways. Uh, Robin Birdie in the chat is uh, <laughs> is clowning us a little bit. I, I know. I uh, If you're watching us on, on YouTube, uh, I have a beanie on. And Robin Birdie says, is it uh, really cold that you need a beanie? It is cold. Anything under 
anything under, like realistically, anything under about 69 degrees is worthy of bundling up. My my weather app currently says 62 degrees. Yeah, that's... In our location. Absolutely. Like, so. yeah. Realistically, and, I'm putting on a, a hoodie if it's under 72. And here's the thing. We overuse our air conditioning during the winter. Like, we will crank it. 24-7. We're bad people. Yeah. But during the winter, we don't ever, like, we don't change the thermostat. We don't use mm-hmm. the heater. We don't heat the apartment. We, we just, support DWP, but we don't support the gas company. We are yeah. we are big fans of, not, of, not the, of the bundle. Just, yeah. We are we are big fans of the, uh, in fact, earlier today while I was working, I was wearing this sweatshirt and my big fluffy robe over the top of that. With a blanket and with you know uh, you know I'm a big big bundler. Yeah. Is it is it cold enough to justify all of those things? Maybe not for people who live in in Iowa. Sure. Maybe not for people who live in uh, in the on the eastern seaboard. Right. But certainly for a, a California girl born and bred, like hey, at, at least when it's cold, you don't have to worry about sweating. And hey, you don't have to worry about sweating with DraftKings either because. Trojan fans, if you join DraftKings, they have a special sign-up right now where you can claim uh, 200 bucks after you do your $5 first bet on anything. Claim that 200 bucks. You'll also be rewarded with a separate no-sweat single-game parlay every single day when you opt in. The best part is you'll receive both rewards even if your first bet loses. So when you join DraftKings, make sure to sign up with our code, Reign of Troy, all one word. Using that code, Reign of Troy, not only gets you these great bonuses, but helps also directly support the podcast. So if you've been considering signing up for DraftKings, make sure to use the code, Reign of Troy, to maximize those first bets and parlays. This offer, of course, only available to new customers who are 21 plus and physically present in legal gambling states. Glenn in the chat says, guess Michael won't be coming out to the Midwest for away games. Uh, sure I will, uh, because how else will I be able to use the offer of DraftKings? Reign of Troy, all one word, over at DraftKings. So please remember to check the uh, episode description and um, for all the details and gamble responsibly. Um, yeah. Thank you, Tim, in the chat for saying that was, that, that, that was uh, a good segue. That was I think a beautiful so too. segue. Yeah. Beautiful. Yes. All right. Let's let's get to the 2024 USC recruiting class um, before we get to the other news, uh, which is uh, what, what, what everyone's here what for. What Ilium 55 <laughs> wants us to talk about, which is uh, UCLA having its Clay Helton moment, Ilium 55 says in the chat. Uh, I don't know quite if it's the, the Clay Helton moment, but it's an interesting thing going on uh, across town, which we'll get to uh, in a few minutes. But let's start... With signing day, Alicia, signing day happened, I would say, last week, but we didn't have an episode um, last week, say last week, uh, almost two weeks ago. Signing day, of course, though, this is when we have to go on our rants that we've gone on a million times over the last couple of years. Signing day has been neutered, neutered by the NCAA. Uh, No longer what it was, which is sad and depressing and for the nostalgia merchants like you and me. Sad that it came and went with um, a dud. That that we could go really with us doing a podcast yeah. twelve days later. Yeah, yeah. Um, it just makes me really sad. 
uh, it was about halfway through Wednesday that I realized that it was like, oh, wait, yeah, today was signing day. I should go look and double check what's going on. It, it was just... It's just the biggest dud. Like in mm-hmm. our rundown, we have the February signees. There were only three of them. Yeah, there's only three, and they and you know some big news in there, like good good signees. But make signing day great again. But normally we'd have five times that number of, of of things to talk about from signing day. Normally, you know, we'd I'd have stocked up on snacks, and we'd have been. I would take signing day ready. off. Of yeah, work. everyone takes signing off of work. It, it used to be day. something that we'd get up early in the morning for to watch yeah. the the uh, the the LOIs come in, and mm-hmm. it was a it was a festive day. Everyone looked forward to it, and I know that we've sort of the closest thing we have to that now is the December signing day. But the December it's signing not day even sucks remotely close. because the season's not no. even over yet. You haven't even had time to miss football yet. You're still in the middle of the, okay, I'm just going to like take a breath and maybe, maybe check out for a week or, or whatever. Like it's in the middle of that week, that week of, of, of signing day is perfect. Like, okay, yeah. the regular season's over, take a deep breath. I'm going to, I'm going to just sort of like let football not be on my mind. 24-7 right now. And instead, it's just like, well, here's signing. It, it's terrible. I'm, I'm not to rant. I do this rant every year. We don't need to do this rant every time. But mm-hmm. also, it sucks. It sucks. It sucks very much. And I wish they would change it. Yeah. I, I Not just for my enjoyment either. <laughs> not just for my enjoyment. But I also genuinely don't to think help it benefits you, anyone. To help you segue, to, 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 to contribute to, to a segue here. What you end up with with a December signing period is uh, kids signing in December and then their coach getting hired away in early January, which would be a totally normal time to hire a head coach. Mm-hmm. And then you've got guys who now need to get let out of their LOIs to do all this sort of stuff. It's just a yeah. whole wreck of things. Yeah. Used to be a, a big hullabaloo, and now it's just a day in which USC signs Bula Balavu. That's beautiful. Thank you. Bravo. Uh, yeah, SC's got three <laughs> signings, three signees uh, this week uh, or this month. Uh, defensive lineman, four-star defensive lineman out of Carlsbad. Uh, Ratumana Bulabalavu um, was a Washington signee. Um, he got released from his, from his LOI when uh, the Huskies lost the national championship game and lost their head coach. Uh, and that opened up his recruitment got SC back in the fold and the Trojans were able to swoop in uh, and get the Army Navy Academy guy um, out of Carlsbad, four-star defensive lineman. Four-star defensive lineman, 6'4", 260, a frame to to put on uh, closer to to 300 pounds there. Um, Yeah, USC needs help on that defensive line. USC needs to continue to stock up defensive linemen, offensive linemen, wherever they can find them. And this is a quality one that USC is bringing in that was supposed to go to a rival and is mm-hmm. now at USC. Yeah. Um, the yeah. last time that USC pulled somebody away from Washington in similar fashion, uh, it was Marlon Tupelotu, and that worked out pretty well. Mm-hmm. So, it, not to not to go on a crazy tangent, but you, you say rival there in Washington. Yeah, I think Washington absolutely has to be considered a rival. Um. Not on the same level as UCLA and Notre Dame, obviously, but we've talked about before ranking USC's rivals, right? Like it's one and two are UCLA and Notre Dame, three and four are Stanford and Cal, and then 
five and six are take your pick. Uh, Oregon, Washington, Ohio State, Michigan, right? Are Oregon and Washington by default three and four now? They have to be right, like because they're like the only they ones that are sticking around. Yeah, they have to be, and that and that's it. It's it, sad, but it, it's got it's it's the way it's the way that the that it is. Yes, and and it makes all of these recruiting battles that much more important because. So many of these are the these are now the local recruiting battles, all the local recruiting battles, um, and yeah. and it does sort of just clarify for USC from a from a West Coast recruiting standpoint. Obviously, USC is going to have recruiting rivals on a national scale, but when it comes to uh, maybe yeah. maybe not the like uber elite national prospects, uh, that it's going to be Oregon and Washington that are going to be the ones that are fighting over them. Um, you know, as much as, as Kenny mentions in the chat, yeah, that the Stan- rivalries are forever. Stanford is still our rival. Yeah. USC and yeah, Stanford are still a rivalry, but Stanford and USC yeah. are not going to be competing for the same recruits as often as they did when they were in the pack 12. Well, um, SC has dormant rivalries like, uh, Oxy. I mean, yeah, Pomona, <laughs> Pomona. good old, uh, good old Pomona and, uh, and the, uh, and the local YMCA too. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, mean, for the record, I I do want to say, as as people have pointed out in the chat, um, uh, Bula Balavu, uh, Bula Balavu, Michael and I. This is why they're calling him uh, Michael and I. Before we started, agreed that uh, Bula Balavu is not a difficult name to say, but if if you don't get the cadence right, it's like Stevie Tuikolavatu, where you have to learn how to say the cadence naturally and if you if you second guess yourself you're you're just done you're done so i'm sorry we're just gonna work we're gonna work our way it's through it's gonna be like polamalu like um, polamalu at the beginning you're like i don't know how to what's going on here and then you just realize it's super easy bula bala vu yes yes bula, well uh i look forward to calling him uh bula um <laughs> and uh, uh apparently he's up to to 285 now so he's already put on all the weight that i that i mentioned so yeah big dude big dudes with room to get bigger too yeah yeah we'll we'll, we'll see we'll see what he can bring in the defensive line sc also got uh two more guys on defense uh four-star corner isaiah rubin from uh losal and three-star linebacker Jaden walker uh from michigan he had flipped from michigan state yeah, he was he didn't sign in December and that kept the door open for USC's late pursuit of him to continue into February and obviously that pursuit paid off and USC just added a a, a 6 foot 3 210 linebacker coming out of high school that uh again, these are all positions that USC needs guys um whether or not they will be able to contribute right away mm-hmm. at a certain point is irrelevant. USC needs to keep its cupboard stocked so that it doesn't end up in the same situation that it that it had been uh where there just there was just nobody around so uh yeah all in all um somebody in the chat said uh, yeah Ilium in the chat said you know we actually did okay considering and and it does feel like considering what the february signing day is now the three additions that USC brought in are solid additions two of them were late flips for lack of a better I mean, I, a Washington signee who gets out of their LA, LOI is still a flip in my mind. So mm-hmm. two of them are flips. That's good recruiting work from um, from the uh, the defensive staff that's very 
sort of new boots on the ground um, to to get to work that quickly. Yeah, it, when, when you put it all together, SC finishes with the 17th ranked class in the 24-7 sports composite, down from number eight last year. And number 17, it's, it's not... Um, it's not where you want SC to be re- recruiting wise, right? Like you, you want SC to have a guaranteed top 10 class every year. You want them to be top five. Um, and you ideally you want SC to have the top class every couple of years, right? Like I think those are normal expectations for what SC can be. Um, they're not right there right now in terms of recruiting. Um, and I wonder, I wonder when they when they will be um, I don't know I think, I think the the rankings are fascinating because Georgia number one yet again followed by Alabama Oregon three Miami four Ohio State five but you look at it Michigan one spot ahead of SC at 16 Nebraska 18 uh, those are two new Big Ten foes Big Ten rivals of sorts I guess um, it's it's just weird because the transfer portal plays so much of a role. You can't rely on the transfer portal to to be your only source of incoming talent. Uh, at the same time, you can't rely on the freshman class and the high school recruiting to be the only source of talent. It's the combination of the two. Uh, and you look at the combination of the two, and I think SC has done well when you get the, the transfer classes to sort of buoy the the high school recruiting a little bit, but well, what it, you, you got, you got to have a strong base. You got to get, you got to get a little bit better um, recruiting wise going forward at the, is, at, the, at the same time. There's part of me and maybe this is just apathy. And if it's apathy, tell me and like, that's fair, but there's, there's part of me that I don't know if it's just apathy because recruiting feels like it just doesn't have the same, cachet anymore because of the transfer portal doesn't seem as final and as big and all those things but like I don't feel like being 17th is a death the death sentence that it would have been uh five ten years ago however it's also not exactly like like the reasons to buy into USC football right now are because of the staff and because of the transfers that are coming in like I don't think people are buying in for the 2024 season based on the guys that SC signed as true freshmen coming out of high school. And that's not a but knock on them. It's, it's just that to... it's it's sort of the landscape of what college football has become and the fact that this is a class that is, you know, primarily anchored by four-star talent. There's not a five-star headliner. Um, and it just sort of is what it is. If it's going to get better, it's going to be on the, the coaching side of things first and foremost, I guess. Well, but it's also a philosophy thing. This is, this yeah. is the question. This is USC. As far as all indications that we can see is that USC has put a greater emphasis in terms of investment, literal investment NIL investment on bringing in transfers and arranging NIL uh, uh, deals for current Trojans and not spending the big dollars that it might take to get the five-star elite level recruits. Mm-hmm. USC, it seems to me, has made a conscious decision to not invest that the, that money specifically towards unproven high school recruits. 
I think that I personally understand that strategy. I personally get it. Um, I don't know that I think you need to make, I think my argument for would be that USC probably needs to pick its spots a little bit better. Yeah. I don't think I would just say I'm not going to invest in recruiting. I would say I'm only going to invest in the elite recruit that is going to be a, a, a potential program changer uh, that I have identified and I've proven that I am capable of identifying those players, recruiting them, and then giving them the NIL um, assurances that they would need in order to come into USC. I think ignoring the recruiting landscape from an NIL perspective um, could end up being the wrong strategy. It could also be the right strategy in the long... Like, I think everyone right now is experimenting and USC is, to me right now, in an experimental phase. Right. And I wouldn't be surprised if over the next couple of years we see USC pivot in an acknowledgement that maybe that didn't work or in an acknowledgement that the NCAA has clarified rules, has made things a little bit more clear. We're seeing programs out there get into trouble for recruits, recruiting enticements on the NIL front um, that are now going into legal cases. It's all, it's all a muddle. It's all difficult to handle. So I understand where USC is going. Uh, I understand it. I am not certain like uh, Calix Rose in the chat says, is that the best strategy? I am not certain. I think it is a reasonable enough approach, but with the acknowledgement that it might also be the wrong approach and USC will have to figure that out. My issue, my biggest issue right now with this recruiting class, I like the class that USC has brought in. I think it's very easy to look at the individual players, at the group of players and say USC has done very well to evaluate, to, um, to, to identify needs, to, uh, to bring in players that, that suit the the needs of the program right now. Mm -hmm. But if you look up 24 seven sports, California recruiting. Julian Sand goes to Alabama. Zabian Brown goes to Alabama. Aiden Breland goes to Oregon. Uh, uh, Vili Muasa goes to Notre Dame. Brandon Baker goes to Texas. Nate Frazier goes to Georgia. Eugene Brooks goes to Oklahoma. Jericho Johnson goes to Oregon. Dakota Fields goes to Oregon. Uh, Manasseh Itete goes to Florida State. And it takes you until number 11 to get to Xavier Jordan, the wide receiver that USC added. Um, and then it takes you a, a bunch more to get to Marcellus Williams at 16 that USC added. And uh, all along the way, you you only run into a a big a big guy, a guy from the trenches when you get to Bulabulubu, who USC lucked into in a way because because of the hiring of Kalen DeBoer away from from Washington to open up that opportunity. But USC has let in this class let four and five star trench talent go to other programs, including rival programs from programs that should be traditionally USC, uh, USC pipelines. I'm talking specifically about modern day this year, yeah, it's but, Brown. Uh, but you know, Bosco and, and others are also having, uh, you know, Sarah Dakota Fields from da- Sarah said that was Oregon commi- was his dream school, right? Yeah. Yeah. These are, th- that is the thing that I think USC needs to change. I am sympathetic to the idea of not wanting to spend big, on NIL deals, but when a, you know, when a six foot five, 290 pound five of, you know, top 50 nationally rated defensive lineman and a top 50 nationally rated offensive lineman 
are in your backyard at modern, modern day and you let them go to Oregon and Texas, you might not be finding the right balance between recruiting right. NIL and transfer NIL and, you know, on, on roster NIL. Uh, that is the biggest issue that I think USC the, needs to address. The the thing, the ultimate thing here is like, you will ultimately be judged on what happens, the result of all of this. And I think that, I think the on on one side, at least there is a strategy here, and it's not like SC is just going out there and, uh. Aim, like aimlessly doing what they're doing. Like it seems like they know exactly, at least there, there is a known strategy. They are targeting, picking their spots on, on transfers. Riley has talked up like the importance of wanting to be a Trojan, even though that somewhat is coach speak and, and whatnot. And, but identifying the right, the, 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 the right mindset is, and stuff like that. is but important. Like, yeah. Yeah. But, what, but you can't use that as a crutch. You can't use it as a crutch, but when you look at the reason that SC lost games this year was not because of the lack of talent. Yes, I think SC can absolutely get better in the trenches uh, player for player and all those things and get better in all those in all those moments. But when you look at individual games, the individual games that they lost were still... It all po- points back to coaching. They lost the Utah game because of coaching. They lost... Uh, the Notre Dame game because they turned the ball over. They lost uh, the UCLA game because they just weren't ready for that game and they were out coached. They lost the, you know, insert whatever game here because so many of them were because of coaching decisions. And that tells me that they can still win doing what they're doing now with the talent that they have. The key is going to be can they win and then take it to the next level to where you're not only winning, but then you're capitalizing on that by getting in the playoffs and then winning inside the playoffs, right? Like yeah. Washington got to the playoffs, but like they they couldn't get over the hump and beat Michigan at the end, right? Like yeah. I think SC can get into the position where they can pull what Washington did this past year. I think they, they have the talent to be able to do that in a year in which the coaching um, succeeds and everything comes together. But do they have enough to go the extra step? I don't think yet, but you gotta you gotta start somewhere, right? But the the flip side of it is like, is it the right strategy? Is it not? I think it's ultimately gonna depend on can you just pay it off and win games? Because mm-hmm. I think that it can be the right strategy if you get everything else right. Um, the problem is you want it to be the easiest as possible on yourself and. It's the easiest possible when you have the best talent. Uh, these are all lottery tickets, right? Like Yeah, and the more five-star lottery tickets you have, the more likely you are to hit on them. They're more likely. They're, yeah. they're still lotter, lotter tickets, but like they're they're heavily weighted, right? Yeah. Like you know what it is? And you know what the you, problem You and I you and I play are, are addicted to FIFA. Yes. We play FIFA. Five-star recruits are packs that are that have a uh, heavy pack weight. Yeah. You got a you got a forty percent chance of landing a future stars uh, card, and that future stars card might be the crappy eighty six. It might be the base level, sure, but it could but... be one of the one of the big hitters, and uh, and that's what you're always right. you're could always be going the icon. for. You the problem know. the problem right now is that it feels a little bit like USC is a um, 
uh, a no money spent team, which is not accurate because USC does spend a lot of money. USC RTG. does have a, yeah. a, a you know RTG, yeah. And Oregon, by comparison, is out there buying packs and buying team of the year players. Yeah, I'm sorry to FC. everyone who doesn't get yeah credit card FC. And the fact of the matter is that um, there'll be like three people who play ultimate. Team I, who like, this who makes understand all what sense. we're talking about? Yeah. Uh, we're, we're gonna get we're gonna get comments saying stop talking about FIFA. Um, the, the the point being is that it it doesn't help USC when when you're you're being compared to Oregon to what Oregon's doing at any given point. I use right. Oregon just as because it's the more more West like, Coast example, but but Oregon I think is a prime example of you know. I, I, there's no reason why they're doing stuff that SC can't. That's what I'm saying. It's like, like you why, at, you why can class, Oregon they, afford to, to they why also can don't Oregon have a afford star. to, to, uh, well, why is Oregon recruiting well enough and affording enough right. to bring in the recruiting class that they bring in, which was ranked fourth overall according to 24 7 Sports, while also throwing their weight around on the transfer, uh, on, on the transfer side of things by getting, Guys like Evan Stewart mm-hmm. um, from from Texas A&M, Jamar uh, Muhammad from Washington. You know, yeah. Dante Moore comes and agrees to be a backup at Oregon, a backup quarterback at Oregon. Like, I think that it it's hard when I think USC is doing a, a fine job. I, I'm not I'm not hitting the panic button on what USC is doing on recruiting in, in any in any of the ways because in the end I think that USC needs to prove they can develop before I even put too much stake yeah. behind recruiting because I've seen top five USC recruiting classes that absolutely did nothing. So mm-hmm. uh, the proof will be in a different sort of pudding for me. But it is concerning when Oregon is doing what they're doing on the recruiting front. And that's just one of the programs that USC has to worry about. USC also has right. to worry about Michigan throwing well, its weight around and Ohio State throwing its weight around. And then also think about, yeah, you can be Washington every handful of years, but but what happens when you run into Georgia or Alabama? You know, th- th- these are things that USC is, USC is playing to win national titles, not just to maybe get into the playoff. See, that's that's the interesting thing because we we got a we got a uh, super chat from Alex. So hey, thank you, Alex. Alex coming in the clutch here. Uh, ROI rankings: uh, one coaching, two uh, transfer portal, three high school recruiting. Is that the rankings? Yes, no, or maybe. I think that's probably right in terms of ROI. Yes, uh, I, I would agree with that. I think the difference here is, and and hear me out. Like th- maybe maybe this is a weird, you know, distinction. If you're talking about having a great football team, having a winning winning games and all that, like winning games, uh, winning you know conference titles and getting in the playoff and all of that, I think that is the ranking: coaching, transfer portal, high school recruiting. See, and I would, if you were talking winning national championships on top of that, you have to have all like all three of those things have to be number one because you look at like I think that the blue like, like the the blue chip ratio thing is real like that is absolutely real. There's a reason why going like if Georgia was in the playoff, I think everyone would have had Georgia winning the playoff, um, and they were what sixth in the college football rankings at the end of the year, right? Like 
because at the end of like the, the whole thing about um you know SC during the Pete Carroll era everybody said well if, you know SC would have would have won the playoff every year if 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 Pete Carroll had the had the playoff I I think they would have they could have won the playoff every year that they were in it I think realistically if you go back and look I don't know that they would have made the playoff every year given how the seasons went but if they were in it I fully believe SC would have won it because SC dominated the blue chip ratio, right? Like what what is going to win you national championships is having all that talent and all that coaching at the same time. That's the that and that's the thing though. That's why I think I think it is correct to say coaching is number 1 because in the end if you have coaches that know how to develop, that know how to game plan, that know how to call plays, that know how to adjust um, all of those things, then you can overcome slip ups in the other two categories yeah. where if you don't have that, you can't overcome slip ups in, in those other two categories. Mm-hmm. I would argue that a program that wants sustained success needs to aim for number one coaching, number two high school recruiting and number three transfer portal. The position that USC That's is fair. currently in, it does, I think, have to prioritize transfer portal because there have been lapses on on the recruiting front. It's about filling filling gaps, but you need to be able to transition to a certain at a certain point okay. into being able to identify uh, if, and then also bring in the high school recruits that will be in your program and provide the foundational piece where you then fill in smaller gaps with the transfer portal. It's it's the it's that it's that analogy about the the different the rocks of different size. The big the biggest rocks are the coaching because coaching is culture, coaching is development, coaching is all of those things. So you you put those in first and then you have the smaller rocks but the medium-sized rocks which I, are your your high school recruits that are sort of basic foundational kind of stuff. And then your smallest rocks are transfer portal that fill in the rest of the way. And that's how you, that's in an ideal world, that's where you want to be. That's, that's the. I think there's, this is where I think there's a difference between ROI and uh, guarantees, assuredness, like, like uh, predictability, uh, reliability, probably reliability as a word there. Uh, like in terms of ROA, I think, yeah, I think you're right. Ideally in a perfect world, it's one coaching, two high school talent, three transfer portal. But I think that if the, this, this question from Alex is specifically about ROI, I think when it, we're talking about ROI specifically, the transfer portal is going to have better ROI than high school rankings. It's going to be more specifically reliable. This depends on the position because well, we've, sure, we've but, talked a lot but, about how okay, I don't think there's on, ROI on, on mass well, offensive okay, line. Maybe I'm, 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 I just, maybe, maybe I'm not explaining exactly what I mean. Yeah. I, I think the, the, the transfer portal is going to be more guaranteed, more reliable. Yes. But yeah. in, ideally, I think you do want the ROI in general to be more about high school. Re- like you want yeah. the high school recruiting to generate more revenue. Yes. In more, more, 
more XP, right? I just don't think you want to have to rely on somebody wanting to leave another program. You want to make yes. your program so good but that... But the transfer portal still is more reli- theoretically reliable. Well, you will hit more often on a transfer portal edition than you will on a on a, on a And they're recruit. older? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, like, I'm Less not... Term, I don't though. think it's... I think they're certainly closer together than... Sure. Um, maybe it's... Maybe it's one coaching and then two A is high school recruiting and two B right. is transfer portal. And 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 it and it might also change depending on the year because this is the thing is some teams are gonna be able to be built like Michigan this past season where you end up having a bunch of guys who could be in the NFL decide to come back and you yeah. and, and you sort of go for go for broke. You end and, up with like a golden generation kind Yeah, of thing, you might you know? end up with a golden generation and some years you're gonna end up with um, maybe a generational quarterback that the rest of the team is maybe uh, from a recruiting standpoint, you're in a little bit of a, of a lull because realistically yeah. everyone's always con- going through. And either little- way, the, the most unlikely of scenarios or the, the most unreliable scenarios, the sort of the LSU scenario where, yeah, where you just get a Joe Burrow and you then get a Joe Burrow and it makes up for having a bad head coach. Yeah. 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 Well, you get a Joe because, Burrow and you get the right offensive and defensive coordinators and everything literally comes together because you just have and also all the right it, pieces. It took literally having the greatest offense in the history of the game yeah. to get Ed O'Gron to win a national championship. Yeah. yeah. But, right. the, but the point is that Ed O'Gron like, was though. capable of winning a national tam- championship look, because in the end, it's more about look at the, the pieces around. In this century, there's been three bad head coaches to win national championships. Orgeron, Melzon, and... Ogeron Chizik. Chizik. Not Malzon. Chizik. Chizik is the one I get mixed up. And yeah. then um, Larry Coker. Larry, okay, at, that's right. At Miami. Larry yeah. Coker, that Miami team, the greatest assemblage of talent in the history of the game. Yes. <laughs> the LSU team, the greatest offense in the history of the game. Yeah. And then Cam Newton, I think you can make an argument, is the greatest one-year quarterback in the history of the game, one-year starting quarterback in the history of college football. Yeah. Could be Cam Newton. And like that's what it takes to win a national championship well, without what, elite coaching. What people don't like to hear is that uh winning anything also takes a healthy dose of of luck. Sure. And um the important thing that you have to do is put yourself in a position where that luck can mm-hmm. sometimes that luck will lift you into a right. conference title. You want to be in a position where if this is your lucky year, you are winning a national title as opposed to losing in the first round in the playoff, which yeah. I think is is an expectation that most programs would... Well, I mean, most programs, that is what ends up happening to them. They fall just short. But you want to be in a position where that that the when the, when the dice rolls your way, you're in a spot to then parlay that into a national title. Yeah. Uh, all right, so SC's class finishes 17th in the composite ranking. Um a bunch of early enrollees. Almost all of the, almost all the class is going to be in early there in spring camp, uh, which is really nice for SC. There's only, uh, only nine uh, of the guys are going to have to be fall enrollees. That's defensive line, uh, the lineman Carlin Jones, tight end Walter Matthews, uh, cornerback Isaiah Rubin, defensive lineman uh, Bulu Balavu, um, offensive lineman um, Makai Saina. Uh, corner Braylon Conley, linebacker Jaden Walker, offensive lineman Hayden Treader, and uh, tight ends, uh, the Mormon missionary in Norway, Walker Lyons from the year before. Those are the only guys that are coming in the fall. Everybody else 
everybody else is coming in in spring along with all of the transfers. So I think it's going to be really interesting to see how many of these guys can gel in the spring because SC's got a lot of positions, especially on defense, to replace. Um, a lot of starters to replace. A lot of new blood there. Not a lot of uh, new talent uh, evaluators and the coaching staff. So SC's got to have very fascinating spring camp. We're going to talk about more spring camp probably in two weeks when we're back for our next episode. Um, all right, let's get to the news, shall we? Alicia, you know the only good thing about football season being over? There's literally nothing good about the football season being over. It's just an endless wait until the fall. See, that's where you're wrong. It's tournament season. The best way to take your mind off the endless wait. That is true. I may not want to watch the men play, but the USC women are pretty awesome. Exactly, but it's not just SC. There's high-stake basketball moments all over the country. But you know what? They get even better with prize picks. So you're saying the only thing better than watching Juju Watkins is taking the more on Juju Watkins. Bingo. You can now turn your hoops knowledge and love of Juju Watkins into serious cash. Because you can now win up to 100 times your money on prize picks with as little as four correct picks. Turn 10 bucks into a thousand bucks with college basketball, NBA, and NHL entries. Best of all, Price Picks lets you get on the action on more than 30 states across the country, including Texas, Georgia, and California. That sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, download the app today and use the code Rain of Troy for a first deposit match up to $100. That's the Price Picks app with the code Rain of Troy for the first deposit match of up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. All right, we could we could talk about USC basketball, uh, which kind of sucks. Um, so we're probably going to skip that. That's all I have to say. USC basketball sucks. They lost to Stanford. Men's USC men's basketball. Women's. There is a very good good, good. distinction. Uh, USC men's basketball sucks. Yeah. Uh, lost to Stanford, ninety nine to sixty eight. Stanford went on a twenty five to nothing run at one point in the first half. Um, USC is last place in the Pac twelve. Yeah. Uh, everyone who listens to this podcast should know my opinion on what the result of that should be. If you are new here, uh, if Andy Enfield is the head coach for much longer, I don't it's have gotta, any it's, other we things We talked about this before, say. but this has got to be it, right? It's got to be it. Uh, all right. Uh, let's talk about the other news. Uh, the, 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 the news I think people want us to talk about is uh, the coaching carousel. What's happened across town? Uh, UCLA has lost Chip Kelly. He finally left. Uh, to be the offensive coordinator at Ohio State, he flirted with some NFL jobs. I have a little bit of a rant. Uh, they're replacing him with Deshaun Foster. I get. I got a rant to go on this. I think it is absolute horseshit that Chip Kelly left the way that he did. If I was a UCLA fan, I would be absolutely livid 
and irate, resentful. Like, if you didn't want to be there, you should have resigned at the end of the season. It is garbage that he he left in February when the carousel was already done, and then they have to reopen the carousel, restart the search. Then they're they're going to like, yeah. From the from the SC perspective, there I can see that you know this absolutely uh, is you know popcorn eating and all those things, but like objectively, this sucked for you. Like, what the hell? Like, dude, what? If you don't want to be there, leave, and and leave on a timeline that makes it like it's absolute trash the way the way he left clearly he didn't want to recruit anymore wanted to just go to be the offensive coordinator somewhere well then resign and then take a job somewhere else like i i i don't know what to, what else to tell you um ucla's coaching search ends up with deshaun foster who underwhelming but you were always going to end up with an underwhelming hire in february and given all the other guys that that were listed tommy reese um brennan uh uh, Barry Odom, yeah, um, the uh, PJ, PJ uh, Tony um, Tony White from Nebraska, Tony White from Nebraska, like who we, who we talked a lot about for the all season. of those names. I think would have been underwhelming. Deshaun Foster, yeah, Alien Fifty Five in the chat said that it was he's the, the the Clay Helton hire. I I could see it. At least Deshaun Foster ended up going to the NFL at one point, and because of his coaching prowess at at UCLA, and there was some sort of upward mobility there. If it's 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 a lotto ticket for them, but like, it's it's a little, you know, a hometown knows the the fight song kind of thing, and and that is what it is. But like, I I guess they could have done worse. Either way, the whole February thing absolutely brutal for them, and I'm very curious what Jake thinks about this at the What's Bruin show. Yeah, yeah, we need to get Jake on to to sort of. <laughs> to figure all of this out with with UCLA but it sucks for them for sure the timing sucks um the the Chip Kelly thing though it's like a lot of people saying that like Clay Helton should have resigned and it was like well he he was never going to resign guys he still wanted to be there at he least. still wanted to be you there know? yeah chip definitely wanted to leave chip was putting himself he was interviewing for every coaching opportunity he could right um the problem is that like you don't leave if leaving means you give up millions of dollars of of buyout money um i i get that like without without a program paying it for you um i think there would be an argument for the moment he started interviewing for nfl offensive coordinator jobs ucla should have fired him but again if you're martin jarman are you really going to fire him in in the case that like the you you're okay you're going to pay a, a millions of dollar buyout because you're because yeah, like, because of the disrespect like I think it's an impossible situation for UCLA in this But you're in making this case. the whole program a hostage like Yeah no like, Chip Kelly's a no Chip SC Kelly's benefits, the villain here SC benefits greatly from this because they get Danton Lynn they go out and they they get you know the the transfers that SC has taken from them Humphrey uh, and Ramsey and like, yeah, that's great for SC that SC was able to do that. But like, think about this from the UCLA perspective. If if he wasn't so hell bent on his buyout, which of course you would be, like we'd all be in that situation if there were millions of dollars on the line. I get it, I get it, I get it. But if he leaves on a normal time frame, maybe they're able to just do a no- a normal coaching hire 
and they don't lose talent to SC that way. You know what I mean? Like it totally screws them over. Obviously SC benefits greatly here, but I don't, the whole thing just, it, it sucks. But UCLA was in a position, like you said earlier, where if you are making a head coaching hire on February 12th, you're in a bad spot. Yes. You yeah. you are picking at scraps. Unless you have and an in-house that's an obvious superstar, a la Bob Stoops stepping away for Lincoln Riley. Yeah. Yeah. And that and that's just most programs aren't in that aren't in that position right. because that's, that's the rare case. By the time that, that happened, that, that superstar probably got hired away before you got to February. Uh so UCLA is in a bad spot. The question I guess is what was the best they could make of a bad situation. And I think that skepticism about, about whether Deshaun Foster is the best they could make of the situation is completely fair. Yes. He has only been a running backs coach. He has never been an offensive coordinator, which is mean, which means he's never had a staff working underneath him. Um, he's never had to make assistant coaching hires. Uh, he's never had to do the administrative side of coaching that you'd want to have somebody sort of understand and recognize. At the same time, the bottom of the barrel options that USC that, that UCLA had weren't great because all of the good head coaches are taken by February. And uh, anybody you would have gotten would have been supremely underwhelming. Like they, they were linked to PJ Fleck. And I saw a thing where like Minnesota people were like saying, please take him. Like that's not the coach you want when they're saying, please, please take him. Right. Um, and we just got done talking about LSU and the idea that LSU was able to stumble into a national title despite having a very flawed head coach in, in Ed Orgeron. Um, Ed Orgeron was, what he was good at was just being a figurehead, just being a rah-rah guy, just being somebody that that, uh, that, 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 that the kids liked. And that's what Deshaun Foster, at a, at a certain point, like that's all UCLA needs him to be in order to be the Band-Aid that I think that they that they need. I think it makes a lot of sense to say, let's bring in somebody who is respected by the roster, who may be able to prevent the 30-day transfer portal window from completely picking the team clean. Um, we're going to talk about some of the transfers that have been floated as, as guys who potentially could transfer away from UCLA because of the the window being opened. And I, I think the door closes on a few of those guys because you've hired Deshaun Foster. Um, and you're also hiring somebody that is so inexperienced. And this is, this is some galaxy brain stuff. So go with me. Who's so inexperienced that there's no way his buyout is particularly sizable. If things go wrong for him, you I feel like you've got to be able... If you're Martin Jarman and you don't have it set up this way, then you've made a mistake. If things don't go well, if things are crumbling, if the job is too big for him, you just pull the plug early and conduct a normal coaching search under normal, under yeah, more normal I, circumstances, as opposed to, say, you pick up P.J. Fleck 
sure. PJ Fleck is going to want the same five-year contract, but he's going to want way more assurances, a way bigger buyout. He's going to have more cachet on that front because he has head coaching experience, because he has all of this this kind of stuff. Like, I I I, I get it. I get where they're going with this. Do I think it's going to work out? The chances of Deshaun Foster being a good head coach for UCLA are very low, and that's no shade on Deshaun Foster. It's just he's way, way, way too young. But if they had gone and gotten Danton Lynn, who at least has a year of defensive coordinator experience, but also is 10 years younger than Deshaun Foster, um, would it have been any, would it have been significantly better? I I don't know. I I think that um, uh, I, I think- Corbin in the chat said David Woods uh, was arguing that, that Tony White would have been the best option for UCLA. I'm inclined to agree. Um. So if you want to be critical, I think, of UCLA might have been able to have their cake and eat it too in, in terms of getting a Bruin, a, a, a Bruin who would be embraced immediately because of, because of his alumni status while also getting somebody who who at least has done something closer to the job of a head coach for a for almost a decade now. Like, I, I think that there's, there's certainly an argument there. Um... But also, if I was Tony White, I'm not. I might talk to UCLA. I'm not. I'm not 100 percent certain well, I take that I mean, job there was, personally. I, there, I saw a lot of tweets by people saying that Tony White really, really, really wanted the job. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, you never know yeah, when another I, head coaching opportunity will come. Right. So, I like, I get it, but um, I, yeah, I see your point that Deshaun Foster could get Rick Renteria'd. And a year from now, um, so some big name coach becomes available, and you're like, "Oh, sorry, uh, your your buyout was uh, twelve bucks, so uh, you're out of here now." Um, I get that. I I just think like, do do you do that to one of your school icons? You know. I think you do. I think it happens all the time. This is this is my complaint about hiring. Like Chelsea legends. could do that with Frank Lampard the second time because he was just doing Chelsea a favor. At that I mean, point. you know what I mean. But the, but Liverpool Liverpool got rid of Kenny Dalglish. Like I, I'm just like it, I, it happens. You just I, you gotta you gotta pull the plug when you gotta pull the plug. And at and at a certain point, at the, like at a certain point, if UCLA had to do that, let's say it went real bad and Deshaun Foster was clearly in over his head a la like interim Dante Williams at at USC. Um, If you pulled the plug on him after in less than a year, it would just be very obvious that you just are are admitting that you, that, that he wasn't, he wasn't there for, for the job. My concern if I was Martin Jarmond is that like, if I have to do that, do I even get to hire the next guy? Because I think the other thing is, I think you can make a very strong argument that, like, I don't, yes, I you, you look at Deshaun Foster, is he qualified to be a head coach? Probably not, no. Have there been, well, certainly there, not. I, I don't been, think there's even a problem no, there. He's no, certainly he's, not qualified to be a He's not qualified coach. to be a head coach. Have there been coaches who have been named head coach who have been less qualified? Yes, actually there have, right? Um, could could they have somehow done worse? Somehow, yes, I think they it could have done worse. Yeah. Uh, at the same point, 
I don't know. Like, given how poorly UCLA was coached this past season, I don't know that they're, like, at least on, I'm talking about as a team and as an offense. Mm-hmm. I don't know that they are, are, are they considerably worse coming into the season? I don't, yes, they, they, they lose the talent um, that they, that they lost on, on defense. Surely they lost all those guys on defense. They, they lost Danton Lynn being the defensive coordinator, obviously, but like, is their offense uh, significantly worse now with a, with a coach without Chip Kelly's resume? I don't think so. I think Chip Kelly right now is a frail is 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 uh, you know is, he's not what he want, once was at least as a head coach. So I I don't know. I I just think they have so many other questions. Like they they still need to hire. They need to backfill positions yeah. on that assistant staff. And again, it's February. I don't know where you're finding those guys. Um, yeah, Ilium fifty five says they. Could have hired, hired new Heisel's Jerry. kid. Yeah, yeah. Well, because I, you were you were talking about like the the t- if you had had a one year, um, uh, tear kick, caretaker, caretaker manager. Yeah, I it, think like I, honestly, if I was UCLA, I would have. I, I thought new Heisel. I didn't think about Deshaun Foster, but Deshaun Foster may, would have made sense for that too. Yeah. Yeah, but Deshaun Foster had a an outside job. Deshaun Foster, Deshaun Foster was the Raiders running backs coach. Right. And he was, he was they employed. Had to bring him back. Yeah. yeah. Where new Heisel could have just been as insane as it would what have been. What was your favorite moment of the, the Raiders Deshaun, uh, Deshaun Foster? Foster. Era. <laughs> it was, uh, it was longer than the Cliff Kingsbury era at USC. So it actually, I, yeah. I think it wasn't right. It wasn't early a week. Was it? Oh yeah, that's right. It was, it was shorter. Yeah. yeah. By the way, for, uh, I, I saw a great tweet. Former USC um, running backs coach Deshard Choice, recruit recruiter yes. of the year. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Good times. Um, all of that is to say that uh, UCLA's loss can be has already been USC's gain. We hope with, with Danton with, Lynn. With Danton Lynn, yeah, uh, it could be more. There could be more. So twenty four seven sports put out an article where they floated some names. This was before the Deshaun Watson, Watson Deshaun Foster hired. I know. I'm getting them mixed up. Um this was before the hire, so But but by the way, you, you wanna know a crazy thing about how awkward NCAA suspensions and stuff are for like uh for uh improper benefits mm-hmm. is Deshaun Foster literally got suspended while at UCLA. While at UCLA. Did not get that ten-year ban thing that that Reggie Bush got, who didn't did not get suspended while at USC for something his parents did, and Deshaun Foster is allowed to be the head coach at UCLA, where SC could not acknowledge Reggie Bush's existence for ten years. Like the irony of this. No one ever accused the uh, not the, lost the NCAA me. of being consistent. It's, not, nothing uh, is ever consistent. But okay, but, let's let's get into the players that USC could have a chance sure. at maybe it may be enticing. There's some familiar names in here. So quarterback Colin Schley from uh, he was the transfer from Kent State. Um, he, he's if he if he decided to come to USC, I don't see he'd the just be I, I don't know that. I mean, he could compete with Miller Moss and and Jaden Maiva. I I don't I don't necessarily see it. 
Um, Doesn't make sense for anybody. Running backs TJ Harden and Anthony Adkins made way more sense before Deshaun Deshaun Foster came back. There is no way those guys leave, in my opinion, now. Uh, Or if they do, it's not for it's not for like a a, a power five level program. Um, Wide receiver is interesting. Logan Loya, Kyle Ford, and J. Michael Sturdivant, the former Cal transfer. Kyle Ford, obviously, uh, former Trojan turned Bruin. Could he? Could he? Could could flip he back uh, and become a Trojan again? Could he do the um, what's his face? Pull the Brew McCoy. The Brew McCoy. Yeah, uh, I certainly think it would be interesting. Would it make sense for Kyle Ford? Uh, would Kyle Ford return to USC in a better position than he left? That I'm not certain of. Uh, but uh, Logan Loya and 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 Sturdivant, I think. If they, I, what I'm saying is, I think USC would take any of those guys, fill out that wide receiver room a little bit more. But I don't know that yeah. any of them come in as a, as a day one starter for USC, uh, with the current group. Mm-hmm. Uh, offensive lineman uh, Garrett did George did Giorgio. Oh my gosh, I can't speak. I, I, I'm not even looking at what you're D- looking at, so I can't even help. Giorgio, there's there's a lot of eyes in this name. I'm struggling. He's an offensive lineman. Um, USC could certainly use offensive linemen. Uh, his, the word on him was that he was inconsistent in twenty uh, twenty three. So I don't know. Maybe I suppose Jay Toya could also do the Trojan Bruin Trojan. To do the do the Brew McCoy, that would be the one to I get. I find that extremely unlikely. Sure, but he's he's the he's the one that you would absolutely. He, there were allegations, uh, of some less than sure, uh, less than above board tactics to create that flip to UCLA in the first place. I don't know that. I, I think the blood is a little bit bad there. Like, there, there's there's some bad blood here, and I, I just can't see it happen. Uh, Devin Kirkwood is the, the DB. Um, the, of all of these, that one feels like the most realistic to me in terms of go play for Danton Lynn again, go follow uh, your your fellow guys in, in Kamari Ramsey and um, uh, um, who was the other UCLA DB, the corner? Uh, um Humphrey, yeah, John Humphrey. Uh could be interesting. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know that I don't know that any of them like really move the needle, but I also wouldn't yeah. say no. Yeah, I I I I, I don't know. Uh, let's get into the mailbag though really quick. You've got mail. We we got a voicemail, two voicemails from Tony and Denora PA, uh which we're not going to play because neither of them sort of make sense at this point anymore uh because we haven't pod in a while. Both of them were about Danton Lynn leaving, uh, including for the UCLA job, and should SC fans be concerned. Um, Danton Lynn, not even really a candidate for the, the job. He wasn't even one of the names that was thrown out there. Like Tommy Reese and Tony White were the sort of the big two names. Brett Brennan, uh, the, the big names all, all over the weekend. That was, that was roundly denied, though, Brent Brennan. Uh, but like those were those were names that at least were going viral on Twitter. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, Danton Lynn was not one of those things, which was fortunate for SC because you didn't want to have another. You don't want to get Kingsbury again. No. Um, and so yeah, SC doesn't get Kingsbury. 
Um, let's get to an email from Jimmy. Hey guys, one question I had come up from the podcast that I know you touched on a few times before. Who is your all time should have been on, uh, should have been or near Trojan list. Uh, this doesn't necessarily need to be players that made it like Jalen Ramsey or Bryce young. Uh, and instead could be guys like Jake Garcia, Justin flow, uh, echelon. It could be guys in other sports. See Marvin Bagley, um, committing to, Duke over SC. The question's really born out of telling folks the entire year that Puka Nakua was a longtime USC commit. I'm curious who makes your list. Fight on Jimmy in Brooklyn. What do you got? Puka Nakua is really a, a really good pull there. Um, I think uh, just just based on um, the uh, some of the Washington stuff. Tuli Latuli Gasanoa was another guy. He was, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly, part of the Marlon Tupelo to trade. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I think he would have been somebody who, who could have helped USC in a position of, of great need. Um, Manti Teo is always the one that I point to. I will mm-hmm. always tell. Speak, speaking of signing day festivities, I will always remember watching signing day, watching live that, that, uh, that signing day ceremony and noting that Manti Teo looked like he wanted to cry. Uh, you could not convince me that he actively really, really wanted to go to Notre Dame when he chose to go to Notre Dame. Um, the the inverse, I think, was true when Juju committed. Juju that, looked like he was not happy. I will I He will looked 100%. like a sad puppy when he committed to SC. And that turned out okay for USC. So, it, you know, it does it does go both ways. I mean, but it turned out okay for Notre Dame that they got Teo. It yeah. certainly turned out okay for Notre Dame that they got Teo. But... Uh, I mean, of that era, Teo, Vontes Perfect, like, there's a bunch of dudes. I think Anthony Thomas is another one Robin Murray brings up in the chat. The, the, hey, did you know about Puka Nakua? The, the moment that I think that the, the, the comparable that I think works for that, uh, in that era is Jarvis Jones. Uh, Jarvis Jones. Jarvis Jones he was, was a Trojan. SEC player of the year. He was an All American. He was, he literally was a Trojan. Yeah. He would have been a Trojan if the if the doctors would have cleared him. The doctors, mm-hmm. the doctors of USC did not clear him. The Frankie way Telford that he, is another one uh, in, in, another in a different circumstances because he he didn't go on to play. But yeah, um, another guy who just could have could have been um, mm-hmm. what what could he could what could have he been uh, you, if you not mean for you can, that? You can throw in Dran Rucker in that yes. instance. Yes, uh, rest Sadly. in peace. Um, yeah. If you don't know. Rucker, he was in the 2004 class, three ish, one of those years. Uh, he unfortunately passed away before before enrolling in SC. Um, yeah. But he would have been a linebacker, like highly rated linebacker. Yeah. yeah. Um, Ron Murdy says the Anthony Thomas, Alien uh, Fifty Five says MJD and Mercedes Lewis. Um, I I think of uh, you can you can mention CJ Spiller here. Um, other guys who SC could have well, gotten. I mean, Penae Sewell is is one that uh, Penae Sewell, uh, yes, allegedly USC sort of didn't pursue, didn't, decided not to not to recruit uh, for reasons that now look real dumb. Mm-hmm. Um, um, SC made the choice to prioritize Drake Jackson over um, uh, Thibodeau, Kayvon Thibodeau. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That. Like well, there's a whole t- string of quarterbacks t- too that t- USC chose. To, like like they just chose the wrong guy. USC chose to yeah. who was it that USC chose to recruit? Oh um uh uh, 
oh my gosh, uh, who Darnold drove off. Um, uh, Ricky Town? Ricky Town. They chose Ricky Town over, allegedly chose Ricky Town over um, UCLA guy. Uh, uh, my Rosen? brain's not working. Hmm? Rosen? Yeah. Wasn't, weren't they in the same year? Um, Rosen was 2015. Uh, Town was also 2015. I want to say Ricky Town and, and, and Josh Rosen were in the same class. And USC uh, decided to pursue. Yeah, they, I'm I'm trying to think of somebody of in another sport or too. Prioritize, as it were. Um, Jock Peterson, guy who was committed to SC and then ultimately signed with the Dodgers. Um, there's been a few guys that have uh, had baseball commitments and 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 gone elsewhere. But I, really, for me, I think it, I think Jarvis Jones is. <laughs> Is sort of the one that I always remember because there is a world in which you talk about the 2012 Trojans and the 2012 Trojans, um, they went seven and five great offense, but they just could not, they, they just fell apart on defense. Well, that defense could have literally had senior linebackers, Vontez perfect, Manti Teo and junior Jarvis Jones. And that, that folks, that is how been the trio. is why recruiting, that recruiting been the trio. Uh, does does matter. <laughs> and then you look at the the yeah the the twenty fourteen class, the twenty fourteen Trojans could have had Sua Cravens, Leonard Williams, Adoree Jackson, uh, Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey could have been on that team. Yeah, I mean he would have been he would have been a a, a true freshman twenty fourteen, but my God, like. No, he would have been a true sophomore in, in 2014. He was 2013 class, but so many guys, so many guys. Absolutely. Um, let's go to questions we got here on YouTube. Um, uh, Tim says, speaking of games we should talk about instead of FIFA, the rumor is that on the 15th, colleges are going to confirm their participation in the upcoming EA College Football game. Yeah, I am. I have been off and on following so much of the rumors of the college football um, game from EA, but I've been holding off because every time I watch a video, I'm I I I really I really like Eric Ray, Rayweather on on YouTube, but every college football video is just like oh shoot, there's new stuff, and then I watch the thing and I'm like this didn't tell me new stuff. I don't know what the new stuff is. Rumor had it that a trailer and a release date were going to be dropped on during the national title game, and that uh, turned out to not be true. So yeah, I too am I too am a little gun shy about uh, yeah about uh, rumors about this game, but I am I'm very I'm very excited for it. I'm I'm yes. really going to be really excited when we get a release date. Mm-hmm. Um, it's. I have a little bit of anxiety about because I hate Madden so much that my biggest anxiety is simply please don't let it play like Madden please don't let it play like Madden um but that sort of is is off to the side um well should be fun yeah I I, I am absolutely looking forward to it I can't wait we already have plans to have a dynasty mode online with some friends like i am so pumped about it um we, we should like have content take, like, on a week here off as well. of work for it They're like i'm just so i'm we we should absolutely have content about it we should do videos we should yeah we should become twitch streamers we should we become, become twitch streamers become 
NCAA Twitch stream. Like we can be, we can, we can be the, we can we be, can the, be the, the the top streamers. Let's what if we it. did that? Let's yeah, and then we can get the LED lights behind us. What up, chat? Blah blah blah. <laughs> like, yeah, we can do the whole thing. You know. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I I'm super pumped about about the game. Absolutely. Speaking of YouTube, though, that I mentioned, um, I want to give a shout before I forget this. Away days on YouTube, Ellis, uh, over at Away Days, he's uh, he's from Leeds in in the UK. He Away Days is a soccer channel where they go to different soccer games, um, to see what the environment is at this game. In 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 England, an away day is their version of a weekender, right? Yeah, because you know the country's so small that you can just go to away days. It's not an away weekend, right? Yeah. Um, so his, his channel away days, huge channel over in the UK about going to these games, uh, going to see what a game is like at various clubs around England, around the world. He went to a college football game. I don't know why I've put off a long time watching it. I finally watched it over the weekend. It was at the SC Washington game. (laughs) And Alicia, it was it was crazy because I've watched his channel a million times, and to watch it, there was a comment from Zealand, who's another uh, soccer YouTuber that I watched, that said that like this is like living in a house your entire life, and then having a a, a blindfolded person walk through the house and describe your house to you. <laughs> yes, it is. Go watch it. I put the link in the description. Uh, here on YouTube, go watch it after we're done with this. It is, I I can't I can't even describe it. It watching somebody who doesn't know anything about college football, who doesn't know anything about American sports, um, or doesn't know about the American sports culture, be in the Coliseum for a big game like that and soak it all in for what it's worth. Out of character is. Mesmerizing isn't the word. It's like you watching half of it. You're watching in fear. Half of it. You're watching in like, I don't know. It's just, just go watch it. Go watch it. And then let us know your thoughts. Cause I, it's, it's a watch. See, I haven't watched it yet. I've, I've, you've, you've told me about it. You've ranted about I some know. moments in it, and I still haven't gone and, and watched well, the, it. Some, some of the stuff you're just like, oh, but 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 no, yeah. no, no, no. You want to do that to, to some of the, <laughs> yeah, to, to, to some of the comments. You want to explain away uh, other st- stuff. It's it's great. It's go, go watch it. We put the link in the uh, the description. Um, all right, we got a question from La Fred. What is something that you still have from your childhood? I have a really terrible answer for this. Oh, I know your answer for this, and it is horrific. I think my answer is on my desk somewhere, which is... <laughs> it's, it's, it's it's horrific, so an it's overstatement. It's in a cup somewhere. It's somewhere on yeah. my desk. Are you um, going to tell the people what it is? It's great yeah, it's... Um, when I got braces when I was a kid, I had to get oral surgery. Um, They gave me the teeth, and I have the teeth. 
It's in a, li- it's yeah. in a, it's got in a little, a little pa- baggy. A little, a little, not not like a clear bla- baggy, if I remember correctly, for when I've seen it. It's like one of those like little, like little like middle, like the, those like very little so like manila, manila folders, but like yeah. miniature sized. Yeah. It's weird. It's. I I found it recently when we when we moved, uh, and then it ended up in a, in a box, and then ended up on my desk somehow. And then I opened it and showed. And I walked up to you, and you're like, ah, what? <laughs> the horror. So yeah. uh, now now that I'm now that I'm looking at things there. that are on the 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 table, the desk in front of us. I have this little penguin. Um, it's a toothbrush holder. Is that what little, that is? That's what that is. And I, I, I've put like pen, I put pens in it and stuff, like a little. I, I that's what that I've works. used it for. Um, I've had that since I was probably twelve. Um, wow. When my penguin obsession started, so that that counts as childhood, maybe. Yeah, I, I think so. Uh, Fred says, "What is an item that you must have in your fridge or pantry?" Uh, mayo, cheese, butter. Uh, tortillas, mac and cheese, craft mac and cheese. I I think I beans, Sun Vista beans. You need you need the staples to be able to make. A I'm box just literally of craft running. Mac. I'm just literally running down my standard grocery list, my standard Costco list. Mac and cheese, butter, milk, cheese. Uh, I could subsist on. Well, in college, I did. I did. <laughs> I could subsist on. My basic meals. I if I just have cans of Sun Vista beans, boxes of Kraft Mac, butter, cheese, tortillas, and milk. That's six. Six ingredients. I could survive for a long time if I just had stock. If I just had a stock of that, because I'd make mac and cheese. I'd make bean burritos. I'd make quesadillas. I'd I think that above all else, you need to have ingredients where in a pinch, you can make a quesadilla or a grilled cheese. Yeah. So like... And I would just favor tortillas over bread simply because tortillas keep longer. Sure. Yeah. Tortillas and cheese, like you need to have those in some form. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Fred's last question. Favorite way to Super Bowl? Do you watch at home? Go to or host a par- party, uh, go out to a bar or other public viewing spots. So um, I love a watch party. I love my family would always, uh, well, my my best friend growing up, his family would always host um, a Super Bowl party. And then when they stopped, we would just host a Super Bowl party at our house. I love a Super Bowl party. I've gone out all out for Super Bowl parties. I've made cake pops shaped like, football helmets um i've i've done a bajillion things i love a super bowl party my current employee employment situation requires me to stay at home and uh watch the game more or less alone i was i was accompanied by you this year for wow super more bowl. or less alone i was accompanied by you <laughs> we had family friends over from out of state we did they left in the second quarter though so <laughs> they weren't there to watch to the game. They happened to be there while they were waiting to catch a flight back home. Sure. Um I was I was working. I I 
I do. It's one of my favorite days to work because it's it just flies by. It just I love a fast paced working day personally. Um, so yeah, that's how that's that's my current Super Bowl watch. Uh, if I were to um, change employment or or suddenly not have to work on the Super Bowl, what I would do is have a party with the family. Yeah, I think that's probably a good idea. Um, but I'm totally fine. First of all, the last thing I would want to do is go to a bar. Yeah, no. Um, I don't. There are there are a few days where I you could get me to never go to a bar, and that is uh, St. Patrick's Day, Cinco de Mayo, and Super Bowl Sunday. No, thank you. New Year's Eve also. No, thank you. I will never go to a bar on those days. Not interested. Not interested in just being around a bunch of I love people watching big crowds. <laughs> I no, love watching you. sports at bars, by the way. I, yes. I I love it. But you're right. Like on that, it's just the hassle is not it's not it. Yeah. It's it's not for me. It's not for me. A game, watching a big game, I will brave the crowds and all that stuff. Yes. But not for the Super Bowl. Um I, I guess a party, I guess, yeah. A, a party or, or just some something low key. Um something where I can step away during the during halftime and not have to pay attention because halftime shows are usually trash. So uh Usher killed it. That was that was nostalgia city and I loved it. They they let an Usher do it, but not a ticket taker? <laughs> no. Not a ticket taker. No. That was a good joke yesterday and you didn't even laugh. You you there was a patronizing laugh here, mm-hmm. but yeah. Ron Murdy says, any final thoughts on this year's Super Bowl? Um, going into the game, my picks were consistently the Chiefs because I just don't bet against Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, and that turned out to be correct. They, As I as I sent in, a, in one of our text chats, um, the Chiefs are a team that has an aura around them that seems to convince other teams it's freaking annoying. to just, like, shit their pants instead of just winning, like, if they just played straightforward, they'd just win. And instead, the 49ers just collapsed. And uh, if if you give Patrick Mahomes uh, an inch, he'll take a mile. And, uh, yeah, it, um, that's the Chiefs, and that's Andy Reid, and that's that whole team. I think uh, when you when you think about the great dynasties in, in football, the, the, the coaches that seem to create the right kind of, um, of culture within their building that, that seem to... Uh, be able to to find that special gear with their teams, and uh, and all of that. I think Andy Reid is 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 getting up there in terms of he's just a damn good coach. And you know the 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 proof of that I think is even more with the proof of you can have a damn good coach who doesn't necessarily have all of the pieces that perfectly fit the mm-hmm. puzzle, and that's what he was with with the Eagles, but he was still wildly successful. And then um, you get to the Chiefs and and you have the perfect quarterback for you, which I think is why I get, I find the debate about Tom Brady and Bill Belichick tedious uh, because to me, so much of of winning is is not just about an individual. It's about the right combination of individuals and um, Andy Reid and and Patrick Mahomes and then a a defense that has gotten better and better and better each year under under Steve Spagnuolo. that's a damn good football team, and this might be as as bad as they'll be for a well, little while, and they still is, want a Super Bowl. That's the frustrating part. Like this was the 
this was the worst. Uh, I, I'm I'm so over the Chiefs. I'm just over it. I'm I'm, I'm over the Chiefs. I don't, I don't don't need to see them any again. Like, yeah, I like I, the Chiefs. So. I, I'm over it. I'm cool. Uh, part of this is because I work with a bunch of Chiefs fans, and they're great people. But I'm just tired of them talking about the Chiefs. You know this what I mean? This is the fundamental difference between me and you, by the way. <laughs> Us, we're, we we both because we work for the same company, right? So we both are around a bunch of Chiefs fans. And you get annoyed by the, the the chiefs of it all, and you're just tired of it. And me, I'm just like, oh, I'm like, I'm so like residually happy for them that I'm happy for them. <laughs> I'm happy for them, but I've been happy for them long enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and I was talking to my boss Zach, and he said the 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 best the the best compliment is to be annoyed with them. Because that means that they've that they've made it when the, when they're when they're on top this long. I'm like that's fair enough. But the annoying part about the Chiefs is they've won three Super Bowls in the last few years, right? Three and five. I the the two of those are against the Niners. They've mm-hmm. played nine Super Bowl quarters against the Niners. The Chiefs were the better team for two of them. Two quarters. Yeah, yeah. Maybe Both a quarter times. and a half. Like. And last year against the Eagles. Well, they, technically, they were the, it's, it's technically it's it's nine. Oh, did you say nine? I said nine quarters. Yeah, the, oh, and they done. were the better team for not for two of those quarters. Yeah, against the Eagles last year, they were the better team for the last quarter and a half. And but that's what th- that's why this that's, season, it's fourth quarter. Like no, it matters. I know, I know. When you're that's what's so frustrating closing. is like we were this close to like to making. Mahomes, the Dan Marino who just couldn't get it done. Like, like <laughs> we were this close, people. Follow through. Finish yes. it. Like, like, the Chiefs weren't even good this year. And then you let them win road games. Like, come on. Like, I just let let Mahomes be the guy who wins a bunch in the regular season. And, and let them be the Dodgers, please. That's all I wanted. <laughs> let them be the – let Mahomes be football for Kershaw. You know what I mean? Well, you definitely didn't get that. That's that's all I wanted. That's just all wins. I wanted. And by the way, you you are still drinking all the haterade. Yes, uh, I when am. it comes to Taylor Guzzling Swift. It. Yes, to, to Taylor Swift, and I'm and over it. Meanwhile, I'm watching. It's phony. I'm watching her. It's watch, not real. My favorite thing about the Super Bowl, honestly, was watching her watching the game, and like being. That I Who love cares? her more now because she's so relatable. Like uh-huh, yeah. she was going yeah. through it the way I go through it while yeah. I'm watching sports. I yeah. loved it. And then mm-hmm. her and Travis on you the do field it without knowing the cameras on. They you. look so happy. Yeah, okay. They look. There's. It just gives you the nice oh, warm yeah. and fuzzies. Like yeah. it just. It was feel good. I loved mm-hmm. it. Gag. <laughs> Gag. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> Anyways, um, <laughs> Glenn in the chat says, "Excited or meh for the 2024 F1 season?" I'm excited. I'm excited. Hope I want. I love Max. I love Red Bull. I'm a Red Bull Max fan, but um, you know, I would like it to be more competitive on a week to week basis. I think that's why I'm a little meh because I find it hard to believe that anyone will actually I compete with max and and it gets just a little boring when max is just winning every week i also hate that this whole thing of like this is a 
uh, a year in which so many of the drivers have new teams next year already. Like, oh yeah, like so. But, but that, whole, I think that makes it more interesting because, like, what is it going to look like? But it's it's one thing in say soccer where it's March and you your team has agreed to sign somebody for the fall. Yeah. But like, this is literally an entire season. Lewis Hamilton is going to race an entire season for Mercedes. The worst, knowing that he's. A Ferrari man now. And same with, like, Carlos Sainz is going to spend the whole season with Ferrari, knowing he's not a Ferrari man now. And uh, there's, uh, you know, I think um, Checo Perez is going to be racing for most of the season in a Red Bull, wondering if he's going to be a Red Bull man <laughs> next year. And it's a whole uh, it's a whole, whole other thing. Like, But my worry is that I think that that could create drama in the background, but in terms of the actual racing and the, the ability of, of a team to win a race or to com- be competitive in the race, I think it makes it that much harder for Ferrari, for Mercedes, for any of these teams that want to contend with with the Red Bulls to yeah. to to put a good product on the on the course. And uh, and and so then that, I think that's why I'm I'm very meh. But uh, we did get a super chat from uh, from Genev. Hanev? Genev? Cox? Sure. Cheers. Uh, pair character jumping up and down saying number one fan. That's, yeah, that, that's how I view Taylor. Yeah, there's n- number one fan, go team. Go sports ball. Oh, God. Sports put, ball. Put, that's, that, the, that'll put, really get me put going. The, put the, the ball in the in the net on the other net. Uh, and we can all agree that Visa Cash App RB is the worst team name ever. Yes, which is why we're not saying that name. We're calling it VCarb and just running with it yeah. because VCarb sounds cool. VCarb works. Yeah, it's, it does sound like a like uh, a health the, food. The super chat was from Gary from Dana Point. Thank you. Yeah. Much appreciated. Shout out to to Gary from Dana Point. Uh, this is gonna wrap, wrap up the pod, um, and we are going to. <laughs> Be back in a couple of weeks. I think we will, at some point in the next two weeks, we'll do a, a members-only show. So that way we can make up for some time here yeah. in February with no shows. Uh, but we'll be back two weeks from now on the main, sh- main show. Um, since next week is a holiday, we'll be back uh, on the 26th of February, as the Brits would say, uh, to get ready for uh, spring camp. We'll start previewing spring camp, which we're super excited about because... A lot of new faces, a lot of things for SC to get ready for uh, as they put everything together. So uh, until next time, we will see you. See ya. See See ya. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said. 
done. 